Your story might be the very thing someone needs to hear in order to keep going. Hi, I'm Shara, and you're listening to Life Stories. Hi, friends. I hope you're having a great day so far. I am so excited to share this conversation with you. I have been looking forward to this for a couple of months. I met Linda Strom at a brunch at the beginning of May. And if you don't know who that is, she is a woman who ministers. She's been ministering most of her adult life, but she ministers to women in prison and specifically on death row. When she spoke at the brunch, she talked about meeting and getting to know and minister to Carla Faye Tucker, who, if you're not familiar with her story in the late 80s and early 90s, she was the first woman executed in Texas in over 100 years. Linda wrote a book. It's called Carla Faye Tucker Set Free. It is an incredible story, talking about meeting her and the other women that she's met on death row and the story of Carla's life and how she became a Christian and, and how her life was, life was transformed. And in no way does Linda or even Carla try to brush away the reason that Carla went to prison. And in no way do either of them try to pass that off as if it's not a big deal because it was a very big deal. But when you think about your own life, and I think about my own life and my sin and the grace that God has had on me, the mercy that he's had, you know, we don't get to decide who receives mercy. We don't get to decide. We may think it's not fair that somebody gets away with something. But what about the things that God has had mercy on for our life? That's what I think about. That's what I thought about when I read that book. And it's a beautiful story. I'm going to put the information to the story in my Facebook post. And I'll put it with this podcast so you can find Linda's book. She's written another book. And hopefully it will be out sometime this year. I just want to remind you, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music or online, this will also be posted to YouTube, though there will not be a video. The conversation will still be posted to YouTube, so you can listen there. This is a great conversation. I was really happy to talk to Linda. Thanks for listening. Hi, Linda. <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Great to finally get this going on. Yes, I'm so excited. So you're a busy woman. <laughs> you're still you're traveling a lot. Is this yes. all for ministry? Um, not this trip. Not this uh, trip. I just came from Wisconsin and, and that's where the ministry of well prison ministry started. Actually we joined Campus Crusade when we were living in Minneapolis. Uh-huh. So that was in nineteen seventy one and then we moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and with Crusade. And after a year, they were going to move us again. Uh, I don't know if you met the girl from your church that was with Crusade. I can't think of her name right now, but um, she was saying they moved 17 times. Oh, my goodness. We had three boys when we joined Campus Crusade. So we, we just knew we couldn't do that to them. So we started Discipleship Unlimited which was a ministry to disciple lay people and had nothing really to do with prison. But when we were thinking of the name, we decided unlimited because we didn't want to limit God on what he might want to do with us. Right. But we had no idea where he was going to take us. So how did you get involved in prison ministry? Uh, my brother was a doctor, a medical doctor, and he was going to uh, school in Wilmore, Kentucky at Asbury. Uh-huh. 
happened, uh, there was a student there at the time who'd gotten into trouble and was actually sentenced to Eddyville or Kentucky State Prison. And he would visit him. And when he signed in, he signed in as a doctor who was going to seminary. So the um, prison approached him and asked if he would consider being their doctor. And also they, he could combine that with ministry. And so he worked there for four years. And the first year he was there at a really tough time in our life. Um, because my son was 15 at the time, was going through a lot of struggles. Uh, he went to live with my brother because he was on Kentucky Lake and they were good friends. And when, when we were there to visit at Easter, my brother invited us into the prison and we had this encounter with this man <clears throat> who at one time had been given the death sentence. But there was a moratorium in the death penalty at that time in the United States. So he used his time ministering to the other offenders that were there. And he met with us and it was just incredible. It was on an Easter and um, af after we left there, we both decided this is what Easter is really about. It's about people that are in chains that the Lord is setting free. And I immediately said, I just think we should sell everything in Milwaukee and move here. But my husband was more, um, you know, the, the kind of person that plotted and, and listened to God and went a step at a time. And he kind of smiled and said, that's, a, that's something we can pray about. <laughs> <laughs> so then it, a whole year went by and we were doing a retreat up in northern uh, Wisconsin. And a fellow was there who worked for the prison in Wisconsin. And we never mentioned prison. We just did a marriage seminar for church, for a church family. And this man came to us after and he said, our warden wants to do marriage seminars in the prison. And he said, um, is there any possibility that you would come for a day and bring the wives up from Milwaukee to Fox Lake Prison and they could spend a day with their husbands? And we, we jumped at it and did it for 20 years. Wow. So you loved it from the beginning. You loved it as soon as you got involved in it. You yeah. just felt like that was your place. Yes. You know, I came from a real dysfunctional family and I had a real heart for my dad. It was an alcoholic and I, I felt he was trapped. And I had a grandmother that was such a strong woman of faith. And so I think seeing, and, and as I look back on my life, I look at how God's in a sense, just set everything in place for me to have this passion. And it's still to this day, one of the greatest joys of my life is going into prison and seeing Jesus set captives free. It's amazing. It, that is amazing. You know, you are doing something that not a lot of people are doing or, or will ever do. What do you wish people understood about being in the prisons ministry? I think what um, my biggest joy is taking people in and having them see Jesus at work in there and then have Jesus touch them. They think that they're going to go in and, you know, pour out and, and truly they do, but not to the degree of what's poured back into them. Right. There's, there's something about going to those places that Jesus listed in Matthew 25 to the naked, to the hungry, to the prisoner. His presence is 
that's so um, evident there in ways that we don't often see in our everyday life. And uh, yeah, that's what I, I think, and I've kind of done a good job of that. Uh, I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but one of the things I do is I just say, you need to come to prison with me. <laughs> I remember you talking about that at the brunch when I heard yes. you speak. You do that to a lot of people. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and I mean it. When they do come, they meet people like uh, Kimberly, the girl that came to the brunch that you were at yes. when spoke, and they realize these are people just like us. Yes. And God has invaded their lives. But the difference between those on the outside and those on the inside is a lot of times on the outside, you have that experience with Christ, but you have so many other things going on and the pressure isn't on you. And so you, you don't have the same level of passion that you have when you like right now in um, Gatesville, where I'm close to, mm -hmm. there's many prisons. There isn't any air conditioning, and the, one of the ladies was my volunteers talked to me today and said it was 120 in the prison oh where she was in the dorm. And so, when it's hot, and and it's like that with us, right? Right. When things tough, you turn to God. Yeah. To God, something happens to you. May not be that it cools down to 75, but it may be that you realize that even at 120, he's enough. Exactly. Well, I read your book after I left the brunch. I mean, I read it pretty quickly. It, it was very powerful. Your story is very powerful about meeting Carla and just her whole story. And what's interesting is there's a woman at my church posted that I was reading your book and I talked to her and she said that she used to do prison ministry with Mike Barber. And she went and she was able to meet Carla too. Which she, and she said exactly what you talked about. I mean, I, she didn't know her the way you did, but she said she ministered to me when I met her. I wasn't yeah. surprised a bit after reading her story. And, you know, I cried a lot reading that book and I, I would have to put it down and just think for a little bit because it just made me very aware of, you know, consequences of sin and mm -hmm. God's grace and his mercy. It just was so moving the way she fell in love with Jesus and how she was really ministering to people around her. And can you tell me a little bit about that time or anything you'd like to share about that time ministering to her? Well, I think the, the part that was freedom for me is that um, when I first met her, I had an idea <clears throat> that going in there was going to be really heavy duty and it was going to be sad. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> the part that I think surprised me was the joy that was experienced among the women that were living there at that time. Because at the time that I first started going in 1987, the, all the women that were there were believers. Um, and so, and they were in a, a small area. But they, they had um, almost like a mini church, you know, there were most of the time there were four. Uh, well, it was in, it's been moved since then. So I yeah. talk about death row and the new death row. But um, I think the biggest uh, surprise to me was the incredible level of joy and sharing and interest in our life. 
not yeah. telling a morbid story about their life because truly Carla grew up in a very, very tough background. Yes. Um, that came out through question more than her actually sharing. Let me tell you my story. Right. <laughs> and when you heard her story, you realized that she was looking at it and as and from a different perspective than what you would have thought. She was saying, I had this life, but so did the person that I killed. And I had a chance when I went to jail to hear the gospel and to get my heart right and to know that I'm going to heaven when I die. No one gave my victims that opportunity. Wow. Um, just a level of just appreciation to God that he would rescue her as she was, not with an agenda like, I got to get out of here. Right. I have things to do. It was always surrendered. I'm, I've just finished a new book called Freely Surrendered. You know, we can... We, we are brought to a place of having to surrender, all of us, at one point or another. But to freely surrender and joyfully, actually, that's another good adjective to yeah. describe where Carla was at. She was joyful. And you saw that joy. And I'm sure your friend that you, you talked to, that's one of the things that everybody always commented on is yes. joy that you experience when you go into death row. You don't expect it. No, I, I wouldn't expect it, but I, I believe it because after reading your book and listening to your stories, I was amazed. I read a book several years ago. It's a fictional, well, it was historical fiction. It was about the man that wrote the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Every time I've heard that hymn, I've always thought about that story. It was a great book. Now, forever, mm -hmm. I would think about Carla when I hear that hymn. Because mm, yeah. to be in her position mm. and to go through what she did and for that to be on her, her heart at that moment, I just was blown away. So she ministered to me as well. I, you know, I'll meet her one day. That really touched my heart after reading that. Me too. And one of the things that happened through it, you know, in the book, I talk about her commissioning me to go to the nations. And I did go to Africa uh, several different times. And I got so that um, I knew a man that was the head of many churches. And so I do churches on the weekend and women's retreats. But then I go to prisons during the week. And when uh, the prisons we went to was Paulsmore, which is in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nelson Mandela was in that prison. And wow. I go into the prison and I've been there several times. And the warden of that prison said, I'd really love for you to speak to our women correctional officers. It's tough work in here and for them to be encouraged and if they and he had read uh the carla book so i had a brunch for the women officers and the men correctional officers filled in it was a beautiful thing wow. and when i finished telling the story of carla i talked about her relationship with our warden because yes. i was very close to carla went to the execution and when carla was on the gurney she thanked warden for all the love that she'd shown her and the texas department of corrections she thanked them for their kindness and as i'm sharing that how even as a correctional officer that we have a ministry whatever yes. we're doing and, and then i talked about her dying and and humming it is well with my soul well these yes. women were from cape flats which is outside of um cape town and 
they, they, it was just totally still when I finished with the words of it is well with my soul. Yes. And all of a sudden back, a lady stood up and she started singing when peace mm. like a attendeth my soul when sorrows like sea billows roar and as she's taught as she's singing this through the whole place starts standing up and joining in and and i was watching this happen and you know this looks like one of those christian movies where i would say (laughs) this would never happen but it happened and then the warden of the of paulsmore stood up and he was so overcome with emotion that we all just wept before the Lord. Yes. Because, you know, we're all going to face that moment. Yes. And knowing that we can have peace, no matter our age, no matter our circumstances, we had a demonstration of that. Somebody that was being put to death but in a very, the best way that you can, I think, lethal right. injection. Right. But be at peace and to really know that peace and to be able to express it it's um it's it's supernatural it is well i thoroughly enjoyed that book and i look forward to reading your next one thank when, you when do you think it will be out uh, do you well, have, even have an idea yet <laughs> no it's all done oh okay we, we don't have a publisher, so um, we may have we may have to self-publish if we don't get a publisher. Um, we haven't really looked except for one place. Um, we'd love to get it. Like the the Carl K. Tucker Set Free book is published by a foundation as well as by uh, Waterbrook, and yeah. so it's free. And there's over a million copies, and it's in prisons all across the United States. And if we have someone listening that works as a correctional officer or as a chaplain, if they order for the prison through 1687, they send them a case of books to give out. Yeah. And they're free, free of charge, no postage. So if you will put that, if you'll send me that information in uh, Facebook Messenger, I will put it when I post about this interview. Um, That way anybody can see it. I was going to tell you also, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to you speak. I could have listened to you all day. You just had us in giggles a couple of times in some of your stories. I, I enjoyed meeting you. I didn't have enough time to really get to know you, but this is great to talk with you, get to know you. I look forward to reading your next book, and I appreciate you so much taking the time to visit Thanks. with me and share. And this is a, a very special thing for me. and so. I look forward to getting to share it with other people. Well, you're a good interviewer. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you do a great job. Thanks. Like, thank you. Yeah, I feel like I'm just talking. Well, I am. I'm just talking with you on the phone or something. And there's, it's just, it's not like we're getting this for someone else's connection. Oh, no, this is for me. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm going to share it with everybody. But this is, I've looked forward to this since I met you. So I'm, I'm very thankful I got to talk to you today. Thank you so much. And how do you say your name? Is it Shara? It's Shara. Shara. Okay. Yes. Beautiful name. I've never heard it before. Thank you. We'll have a wonderful time on your trip. Okay. And I'll let you know when the book comes out. Yes, please do, because I look forward to reading it. Thanks, Shara. Thank you so much, Linda. Bye-bye. God bless you. God bless you.